0: Again, it's always a privilege to bring the word of God and to also pray, to also fellowship with ourselves, and to fellowship with God. And we will continue from where we stopped last week. And by the grace of God, I think we are moving closer to the uh, point where we will have question and answer. We just have about, aside this one, we have just um, two weeks. The next week will just be um, looking at the model for Christian marriage. And then we will have question and answer. So please... Just as we go through the teachings, put down your questions and think about them. Remember we said there is a difference when a believer asks a question and a Pharisee asks a question. Are we together? Because a disciple or a believer in Christ is a disciple of Christ and he is asking questions question because he wants to know. And that's why the teachers of the law in the days of Jesus never got anything. Because they are either there to ask to trap Jesus. They are there to ask. Their question also helped us today. Because Jesus explained. It. So when you look at the scriptures, a part of answers to questions. So you can cycle without asking questions. And you have to also ask relevant questions. And so today we will look at some attributes required for success in marriage. And I want to put it this way that we have already noted at the beginning that every attribute that is required for a sound and victorious Christian life is the same attribute required to have a sound Christian marriage. Are we together? To have a successful Christian marriage. So I have to start from there. And we noted that for the believer in marriage, what he needs to succeed is not different from what he is he, he needs to succeed in his Christian work with God. So, what I will do here is not because when you look at prayer, when you look at studying of God's word and applying it, when you look at patience, learning to love, learning to submit, accountability, all these are attributes that are required for succeeding marriage. So we're not going to go through all those things. I just have picked two particularly very relevant to our, our time now. Are we together? I just picked two, looking at the context here in this church and also our time. So we're just going to look at two. But remember, as you come to church every week, both on Wednesday, on Sunday, in the cell group, On Friday, know that what you are learning equally are those attributes that are needed for success in marriage. Are we together? So don't always think that when you go for those meetings, after all, no, they are not teaching us about marriage. Please, don't be naive. Walk, these are the things that are required. Amen. Now, so I will just walk as I said on two. Now, the first part of it is to come as a servant. I have to talk about this. Well, one of the attributes I will talk based according to this is the servanthood. As a servant. If you are coming into relationship and marriage, you must come or you must approach it as a servant. Now it's going to shatter a lot of our cultural thinking because we have learned a lot, especially. Some of us who are men that are coming from Africa. Our villages have been a stronghold. And truly speaking, God will really have to help us if we must succeed. And the concept of servanthood in Christianity is a foundation that every believer that is yearning to succeed, even in his own work with God, must imbibe. and That's why Jesus would tell his disciples that the greatest among you must be the servant of what? Of all. So, if you will succeed, if God will see you as the greatest in the marriage, in your relationship, then you must be the servant. Are, are we together? Are we together? Because that's the concept. So, yes, I put up this very importantly because in this case, men are culprits. Amen. Generally, we have men generally are culprits here. Because most times when we come to marriage, we just feel that the woman... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not attacking you, so just walk with me. <laughs> Please, man of God, help me read this scripture first. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24.
1: That is why a man leaves his father and mother, okay. and is united to his wife, uh-huh. and they become one flesh.
0: Okay. First it said, a man leaves his what? His father and mother and now he is cleaving to his wife and the two shall be one now i want us what i want to us to note there is the issue of therefore a man leaves his father and mother that statement reflects or depicts responsibility and not rebellion so when you are leaving it's not saying it is not it doesn't depict rebellion you want to leave your father's house you see we we have we have babies who still live in their father's house. We have many people who are fed. The family, the wife, all of them are fed by their parents. You are not fit to be married. Yes. It's an abnormality of culture. I have already, we are discussing it with my wife, I have already. there is an age already now. It's in the timetable. None of my children will stay with me. You see, because in Africa, yes, then we, there is another thought again that men can live. The women have to stay until they their married. Did you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That in their head, that the women, when they go to stay on their own, that they will be promiscuous. <laughs> you understand? And they forgot that those ladies have gone to school. After all, some of you are here. Are we together? Are you not here in school? Are you with your parents here? No. So which type of thought is that, that when you return back from school, that they will force you, you must necessarily, even if you are 34 or 30, what you must stay with your parent until the day you are married. Else nobody will allow you out. Because they are thinking when you go out, you will start sleeping around. You see that culture of 18? Yet they send you here, they don't know what you are doing. So, what we are trying to say is that although this scripture, talks about a man remember we, we noted in those in the, in, in, the, in the time past that remember the patriarchal culture of the day so it was written in that sense but the point I'm trying to make is that it also includes the woman are we together because when you read scripture now that we have done a lot of studies you understand with scriptures we can be able to sense even in the writings where the effect of sin is seen. Are we together? Amen? Amen? Yes. So, this is noting including the woman. And I'm going to say a lot of statement. Part is there is some little problem we have to correct from the side of the man and then also from the side of the woman. So, what we're trying to say is that there is need for responsibility. And so, Here, the issue of the woman, remember, is not a girl. It's a woman. And I want us to know also that fundamentally, this is referring, it's not referring to the age. It's referring to maturity. Maturity. Fundamentally, it's not referring to age. It's referring to maturity. Maturity. So, remember, we can have a boy or a girl at 40. And we still have them up to today. So the responsibility of marriage is multifaceted. It's multifaceted. Emotional, physical, financial, economical. So when first when you read that scripture, and so you will leave your father and you cleave, or your father and more than you cleave to your spouse, it should put some sense of responsibility. Some sense that you now we're here. Immediately you need money, you call your parents. Anything you need, you call your parents. In fact, you can call multiple people. Uncle, auntie, you understand? Brother. All those who are now, you remember you have all their lists and their phone numbers. <laughs> when you are married, you no longer be that, like that, because you must have attained a stage of responsibility. Now, I want us to read again uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 from verse 1 to 6. Let's start from there. 1 Corinthians.
1: Now, for the matters you wrote about. Yes. It is a good. It is good for a man not to have sexual relation with a woman. Mm -hmm. But since sexual immorality is occurring, Mm -hmm. each man should have sexual relation with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. Yes. The husband should fulfill his marital duties to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a moment, so that you may devote yourself to prayers. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Verse
0: 25. 28. Verse 25.
1: Now about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who is by the Lord's mercy trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in their life. And I want to spare you this.
0: Yes verse thirty two
1: I would like to be free from concern an unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affair how can how, how he can please the Lord but a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world how he can please his wife and his interests are divided an unmarried woman is a, or a virgin is concerned about the lord's affairs him I aim is by devote, our aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of his world, how she can please her husband.
0: Okay, so Maro, go read I verse twenty-five again. Twenty-five. Yes, verse twenty-five.
1: Now about virgins, I have not, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who is by the Lord's mercy trustworthy. Verse twenty-six. Because of the present crisis, uh-huh. I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Verse twenty-six again. I, because of the present crisis, okay. it, I think it is good for a man to remain as he is. Yes,
0: say it again, sir.
1: Because of the present crisis, okay. I think it is good for a man to remain as he is. Now, amen. amen.
0: There's a reason why I asked for that. You know, this is one of the scriptures that has been murdered terribly. And now, you have to understand first the context in which Paul was speaking. That verse 26 Or shows to us something that was happening in those days. Are we together? It's from the context of that Paul started saying some of the things he was saying. Amen? That means there seems to be some challenges, troubles, some persecution likely in those days. It just shows to us there is a lot of trouble. And it's not just even this one. Remember when Jesus, I think, was it Jesus? Yes. That was talking about the, um, uh, the teens in the last days. Are we together? He talks about that, that those who are with a child have will will seriously have difficult, much difficulty. Are we together? So what we're trying to say is that when you look at the season of a, of a, you can imagine, um, um, Unfortunately, the war that is going on in Ukraine. Imagine women that are giving birth at that moment. You can imagine the challenges they will have compared to those who have no, uh, they, they, they are not giving birth. Or they have never given, or they have not given birth. And imagine again, as you are running, imagine you are alone. And imagine you have a family of five. Now, who will have more troubles? Eh? Now, first and foremost, Paul, there was no any revelation because I'm, we're going to look at scripture. Paul was just saying the reality of what is happening or what the, the responsibility in marriage. He was just trying to open our eyes to know there is huge responsibility in marriage so that you prepare and we're going to see it. So it's on this context that he was speaking. So, so that, I begin to say, uh, Paul says, oh, nobody should get married though, because those who get married have more troubles. No, that's not true. If you are not married, you have trouble. If you are married, you have trouble. Do you understand what I'm saying? The point is not whether you are married or married because the challenges are unique. Are we together? Yes. Let me start from there. Now, serving and pleasing each other in the things of this world. That's the first thing I want to note. That if you are coming to marriage, you must come as a servant. You are to come to serve. Not as a person who is employed. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are coming to serve someone and to please the the other person. And you are doing it out of love. Not out of a necessity. That's why I said not as somebody who was employed. Did you you get what I'm trying to say? Yes. Because if you serve. It's the same thing. When you serve the Lord. As one who loved the Lord. You are going to enjoy your service. But if you serve the Lord as an employer. (laughs) You are really going to face it. Because it's like. Do me, I do you. You understand? If something has not happened, because you are serving him for a profit, so you are expecting that immediately after you do this, he should do that. And if there is a delay or something, definitely, you will definitely be frustrated. But when you are serving out of love, you are not expecting anything in return. You are joyful as you do it. And I want us to note this. We have already talked about the issue of sex, so uh, like briefly, because the goal of the entire teaching is not to dwell in each of these. Probably, when we have time in the future, we can look at each and every of these uh, um, things. So, but there is something I want us to note here. There is a statement that Paul talked about in verse thirty-two to thirty-five, particularly. I want us to read that again, sir.
1: I would like you to be free from concern. Okay. An unmarried man is con- an unmarried man is, is concerned about the Lord's affair. Okay. How he can please the Lord. Mm-hmm. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world. How he can please his wife. And and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or a virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Mm-hmm. And him is to please the Lord. And to be devoted to him. Both spirit and body. Mm -hmm. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world. How she can please his husband. I am saying this for your own good. Not to restrict you. But that you may live in the right way. In undivided devotion to the Lord.
0: Amen. Amen. So if you look at words. There are some words that appear there in the sun. A married person. That's both for the... The, the man and the woman, you understand? It said, they are concerned. That's another word we're going to unpack it. Concern on the things of the world that she might what? Please her what? Her husband. In the things of the world. In the things of the world. So that she might please her husband. Now the point here I'm trying to put there is serving, pleasing or caring, depending on different translation, use different words. You understand? Caring, pleasing, you understand? serving one another that she might please her husband. Now, if you are coming to marriage, as I said, first you have to note that you are coming to serve. You are coming to please. Note that this is not just for the woman, it's for both the husband and the wife. Are we together? is for both. So you are not coming as a boss. You are coming as a servant. She is also coming as a servant. Men, men, hear me. You are not coming as a boss. You are not her boss. You are coming as a servant. She is coming as a servant. So the idea that it is only the responsibility of men to take care of a woman is terribly faulty. You know, this idea we have imbibed from the world, he should take care of me. He should take care of me. He should take care of me. It's terribly faulty. You're going to have a serious problem when will you continue with that because you can't substantiate that in scriptures. Of course, the man must be responsible. But there's nowhere that says that he is the only one that should take care of you. Are we together? So, in many cultures, what do you see? The guys are the ones that are asked, how much did you have in your bank account? Are you able to take care of her? The woman or the women are never asked whether they can take care of a man. Never. You see that? They don't care whether she's a baby. They they don't ask whether she can take care of a man. Never. It's only the man they are bombarding. How much do you have? How much do you have? Can you take care of a woman? And most of the ladies have been groomed in that capacity. And so they are mumuish. And they grow all their life. Their goal is to be married and one person to come and take care of them. You see that kind of a thing? You see, that's why this is one of the, the imbalances that a man, when he is marrying you, and he marries you with that type of ideology, he feels that he bought you from your parents. D- did you understand what I'm saying? It's from that mentality we begin to have problem, Because there is an imbalance in coming into it. And it's not scriptural. So I had even some I I had to put this thing down. I had some of the men are even threatened. You understand? By their wives to be. If you don't bring money for my hairdresser and makeup, including my mates on, the marriage won't hold. Yes. As they are about to get married, you see some of them. Even the hair that the wife will carry, the makeup that the man must pay. It's not that he's paying out of his willow like his love. You understand what I'm saying? No, it's mandatory. Is it that he paid that or the marriage will not hold? If it were me, I would have thanked the Lord. The marriage will not hold. Because you are marrying that kind of a person, you are marrying a disaster. Yes, sir? What then are you bringing into the marriage? Your (laughs) stomach? Did you see where we are having problem? And this is what many of us grew from. We grew in this kind of culture. Very terrible. It's shameful that even your hair, who has been, before you met him, who has been giving you the money to do hair and to make up? You see, even to compare it that the marriage will not hold shows that there is a a huge problem. I hope none of these sisters are here if I catch you. (laughs) Now, imagine, let let me give you this. Imagine you have attended university with a lady. After five years, you saw her and you want to marry her. And then she asks you, Do you have a house? Do you have a car? How much do you have in your bank account? Yet, she also had none of these things. The question is that, if in five years after graduation, she did not also have those things, she was asking you, why was she expecting you to have them? That's stupidity. You are not, after five years of graduation, you are not able to get those things. Why are you demanding such a kind of this thing from him? That, that, it doesn't make sense. What I'm trying to point out is some unnecessary expectations that are not realistic. You understand? hadn't been, you have all those things, then you can, you can have some sense to say, okay, what have you been doing with your five years after graduation? At least you have some distinct to ask. But you have none of them unless your stomach. Now, men, don't marry a consumer. Men, don't marry a consumer. Beware of parasites. Beware of gold diggers. I mean it very seriously. Very seriously. Be careful of these kinds of ladies. I am not saying men shouldn't be responsible. You will see I am coming for the men. The issue is that, but we must correct this nonsense. And many of our spiritual sisters are carrying this thing. That's why you must be serious with your studies. You must know that marriage is not the purpose. You must build yourself. You must develop yourself. You must become resourceful. You must become productive. Now, what's the meaning of verse 34 and verse 35? So i read it again. Because we have to, the important thing is that is to be able to understand what Paul is saying in this scripture.
1: And his interests are divided. Okay. And a married woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affair. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world. How she can please her husband. I am saying this for your own good. Mm -hmm. Not to restrict you. But that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord.
0: Hallelujah. Now, your service to the Lord and your service to your spouse is combined, but not at the same priority. Please note these words are chosen carefully. Not at the same priority. So Apostle Paul was noting. He was not discouraging marriage. No. He was not discouraging marriage. But he was telling them the responsibility that it brings. Remember movies don't tell us this. They only tell us the rosy rosy. They have gone to Atlanta, then to Talanta. They don't tell us the responsibility. They don't show us when the woman gave birth. When she cannot do anything in the house. Are we together? They don't tell us when there is a challenge. It's just time to tell us there is responsibility in marriage. So Paul was exposing the responsibility of marriage for us. So that we will not get distracted. I want you to pay attention to this word. He was not saying that when you get married, you will be distracted. These are two different things. He was saying, he was exposing the responsibility. Let me, let me tell you something. You see, let me tell you the truth. If you are not prepared, you don't know the demand of marriage. When you come inside, you'll be distracted. Even with two of you, not to talk of you, are children. You will struggle to find the right time to pray. Now you used to pray any time. Nobody disturbing you, right? Okay. Here's my wife. I honor her seriously. You understand? Many a times, if you don't see her in church, it's not because she wants it, it's because of the children. Sometimes she can't go out because the, the place is windy, it's cold. So she has to stay inside. You understand? It's not because she wants it not to come to serve the Lord here and fellowship with us. So there's a demand. And most times she wants to pray throughout the night, nobody will sleep. I, want, I have lecture by, by 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 nine to come and deliver. And this baby won't allow man of God to sleep. I'm telling you the truth. Sometimes you wake up that, that morning, your eyes are red. There's no need. You can't do any devotion. I'm telling you at that stage. Everywhere is red. The only thing is say, Lord, Lord, thank God. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Lord, strength. Lord, strength. That's the devotion. Lord, strength. You see, you have to understand the demand. Then after you have come back, you come and sleep. Then you find a way have your devotion. Sometimes you want to have it like every morning, every morning, every morning, every morning. No, these children will scatter it. So sometimes you have a zigzag. Today you have it in the morning, tomorrow in the evening, tomorrow. Because the the, issue is that, but the good thing is that because you are disciplined, because God has already helped you, you already know the demand of it. So you are able, even if you miss a devotion, you can make it up. Did you understand what I'm saying? And that's why Paul is trying to say that know this demand, know this responsibility, because when you come in, it's not saying that, uh, no, 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 marriage will distract you. That's not what he's trying to say. No, but that you should know it so that you will not get distracted. Remember, if if what Paul meant there was that when you get married, you'll be distracted. So you shouldn't get married. Then that means he would have been contradicting many of his teachings, he himself. Are we together? Let me read you one thing from here. First Timothy chapter, chapter 4. He said, Now the Spirit expressly says, that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirit and the doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisies, having their own conscience set with an iron, hot iron, forbidding to marry. Verse 3. Did you see that? That means those who forbid to marry, this is not the doctrine of God. He said it is from the doctrines of demons. So, if you can't say that this scripture, Paul was saying that you should not marry. He's forbidden to marry because there is trouble inside. No, that's not the correct interpretation of that place. Are we together? Amen? So, when you know the responsibilities of marriage, it will help you to be better prepared to serve the Lord without distraction. It will help you to be better prepared to serve the Lord without distraction. So, I want you to read this story, sir. Help me to read this scripture. This is another uh, passage that I want to depict this this thoughts, uh, how Paul is trying to um, put it together. You know, it, it, it's not like marriage or serving the Lord. Did you understand? Because... If you read 1 Corinthians 7, you may think that Paul was trying to point out that. No. It's either you are married or you serve the Lord. But you can't combine the two because one will distract the other. That's not what Paul is saying. So I want us to read this uh, 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 scripture again. There's something I want to bring from that.
1: Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Yes. And Jesus and his disciples were on their way You are worried and upset about many things. Mm -hmm. But few things are needed. Mm -hmm. Or indeed only one. Mm -hmm. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her.
0: Hallelujah. Yes. Now, Mary was being trained. Normally we we term it under the, uh, uh, the feet of Jesus. She was at the feet of Jesus. So she was learning. She was being trained. While Martha was distracted. The question was. What was a distraction? Of course, there we saw that she was cooking. Are we together? Now, is it wrong to cook? No, ex- of course. If it is wrong, then all of you have been sinning. <laughs> because, now, look at it. Martha was just doing the right thing at the wrong time. Jesus was not saying Martha should not cook at all. But she was doing it at the wrong time. She was doing it at the wrong time. Now, the idea here is not either or, but what comes first before the other. That is, Jesus and then the what? And then the food, The Lord first and then your what? Your spouse. And not the Lord or food. The Lord or marriage. That's the idea I'm trying to put again from where we are, we, we read in First Corinthians 7. So the idea is not either or. No. The idea here is the Lord first and then your spouse. Are we together? The Lord first and then your spouse. Now, so because we have listened to all these things that the Lord is saying to us. Before you get married, get your priorities right. Before you get married, get your priorities right. I know we have fought with a lot of people concerning priorities here. Because we want you to allow the Lord to take the first place. He should guide every other thing. Are we together? Are we together? So, in other words, marriage involves serving your spouse as you serve the Lord. Serving your spouse is part of God's service, but not in the first place in the order of priority. Are we together? It's not the first place in order of priority. Note, there is a word there. He said, the wife serves or the man also serves his wife. In what? Earthly things. That other word in King James or other days they said in worldly things is concerned in worldly. That word worldly is not talking about canality. Are, are we together? It's not talking about canality, it's talking about the circumference, the area in which you should serve your husband. There is no marriage in heaven. So it is here that you should do that. So, and it's very important that you get that. So you must gainfully be engaged and productive. I'm not saying you must necessarily have a job. This is another thing. We're not saying it's not a job. But what we are saying is that you must have the capacity and the capability to provide. And meet up the needs of the other. I'm not talking about only the man. I'm talking about both the man and the woman. Did you understand what I'm saying? My wife's Although she you think she stays at home, what she makes, many of you don't make it. She has businesses, she's doing business in Nigeria, she has sent some money, they buy grains, do la da da. She does plating, you understand? You must have the capacity, you understand, to provide for the need of the other. So, what I'm trying to say is that it's not about just having a job. Because there are some people who have a job. The day they lose the job. Life has ended. It has ended. That's not what we are saying. But build capacity. Build capacity to be able to do something. And I want ladies to hear this. Don't just accept those love songs. Now I'm here for the men. You You understand? Most times they come to your head. Uh, your eyes is paradise. I am in heaven when I meet you. Ask him to return to earth. <laughs> ask him to return to earth. Don't let him not go to anywhere. Heaven. It's, it's reality that you want him to know. You ask the man. You know there are some guys sometimes. Ask the man um, please. How are we going to do some things as we are preparing to get married? What are you thinking? I'm just thinking of you. It's a lie. It's a tell him to think for what we will do. Hey. Ah. Now, please, I want you to come with this understanding of service and understand the responsibilities. It's not just only in one aspect. Responsibility in earthly things. (laughs) That means it's a going out. It's not the man that should take you out. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed. Most of the new clothes you saw me wearing is my wife that engineered it. I didn't even know. I'm telling you. You remember? Wait, wait. Listen. You remember the uh, proverb that one woman? They said she went to far distance to get the purple. Did you understand the purple rope? (laughs) Those clothes are not from Cyprus. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. You people are Christians. (laughs) So what I'm trying to say is that it's not just only for the man. No. Be creative also to do the same to them. Do that. You understand? Brethren are here. She has been disturbing costume to buy perfume. I'll just see perfume. I smell it. smelling nice. <laughs> Very wonderful. I'm telling you the truth. That's the ideology. There's no how you come into marriage if you do such the will of God. You won't see the glory of God in the land of the living. And I'm seeing it. So what I'm trying to say is that come with the heart of a servant. Now, another thing which I will have to talk about here is discretion. Discretion. So what is discretion? It's a quality or the virtue of being careful, of being prudent, or wise in one's speech or action. Quality of being prudent, of being wise, of being selective. Are, are we together? Of being so cautious of one's actions or one's speech. Especially to do what? To avoid what? Revealing confidential information or causing an offense. <laughs> this one is very important. You see these two? When you come into relationship and marriage, there are certain things shouldn't be oh, God. <laughs> Don't be selling your spouse. No, because this are you. When you come into the life of a person, you have access to some certain secrets nobody knows. Even their parent, it will be difficult to know because their parent only lived with them when they were small. Now that they have grown, they have gone to school, and then now that they are big, there are some secrets nobody knows except you. That is why many marriages are in confusion because their mouth has not been brittle. Thank the Lord we have treated something um, using your words, you understand that, I mean words that build right in our last Bible study. This is part of it. That is, you are wise, you are selective on the words or your actions in which to hurt your spouse. So that you don't reveal any confidential issues. Or then or again, or you don't directly offense the person. You see, in marriage, that's why you see, even if we, we make mistakes and we offend each other, my wife knows I cannot deliberately take an action to hurt her. And she, me also, I know, whatever she will do, I know it's not deliberate. And this, we have tested it over time. So there's nothing she will do in my head that will just, the first thing I will think is that she's my enemy. It's not possible. So this is the issue. So discretion is needed, especially in this generation, especially today. Discretion is a function of maturity. It's a function of maturity. And what I'm trying to say is that you must be committed to growth. You must be committed to get matured. Don't be ashamed. Everybody was small before. We may not read every of these things and I want us to read a couple of uh, passages there. Luke chapter uh, 1 and I want you to just read uh, maybe I will read uh, verse Luke Luke nine one nine twenty nine. Twenty
1: nine. Yes. Mary was greatly troubled in now uh, Mary was greatly troubled in his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But yep. the angel said to her, "Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus." It's
0: okay. It's okay. Now, first and foremost, if there is one that I see as a Example of discretion at Mary. When the angel came to give her this, she was pondering what he, even the greetings, she was thinking, what manner of it. I want you to read Luke 2 again, verse 19.
1: Verse 19. Yes. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart.
0: It's okay, it's okay, dear. He's talking about when they, you remember all the shepherds that came with give to see Jesus? They told how all the, what has happened and told the people that are there. That was when again she was busy ruminating and meditating and thinking about it. No shouting. Yes, sir. Luke 2, 51.
1: 51. Yes. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart.
0: Now, I, I, I want you to read maybe verse 43. Uh, sorry, verse 50, 50.
1: Verse 50. But they did not understand what he no, no. was saying. Today. Go back
0: a bit, sir. Verse 48. 48 or 49.
1: 48. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son. Why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously find, searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's business?
0: You can imagine you meet your boy. He has suffered you after three days. Then he tells you this one. But you see, Mary, as we rightly said, one of the things we should do in our Bible study, Remember? we say you must learn to think before you act that's what mary always do she will ponder it in her heart she will treasure it and think about it what is this boy saying what is this person saying so some attitude children put can be confusing i must tell you the truth a discreet mother will ponder and will not react foolishly Imagine Jesus' mother was a typical unwise African mother. You know, in Africa, many parents think that beating will solve the problem. What the nonsense is this boy saying? You suffer us for three days, and now we are talking, you say, I'm doing your father. which? Fa- you see that? But we must learn to think. So, Mary, another thing is that Mary visited Elizabeth. We know this story. Now, one who was what? Who was said to be unable to conceive. About three months and then returned home. Notice the kind of a person Mary visited. She went and stayed with her relative who was carrying a child once thought impossible. The angel told her an impossible thing. And hinted her there was one also who was thought impossible. They said, this is where to go. Well, you know, most of us will go to those people who will say, hey, "Girl, you are representing us." You know, you know, some of us when we do foolish things, they say, "How did you respond to him?" Don't don't allow him to just treat you anyhow. Give him heart. You say, how did you do? You know, I gave him heart. You say, lady, hey, you represented us. Foolish. <laughs> Continue representing them. <coughs> That's what we're saying. So, now you see, imagine, th- this is another thing which I want to quickly say something here. Now, I guess you have heard a story sometimes in the sound when uh, maybe he, he, a father asks his boy, uh, maybe they came looking for him and say, ah, boy, go and tell them I'm not around. Normally, the child will just come and say, my daddy said I should tell you that he's not around. You see that kind of thing? What do you think the, the child lacks? He lacks discretion. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not supporting lying. I'm just trying to give an example. Now, that's exactly what some of us are doing now. That's what some of us are doing. Now, Again, when you read the story of Joseph, we don't have time, because I want to uh, put some things here. Just put up the scripture. Joseph did not want to expose Mary to the public disgrace. So he planned to divorce her quietly when he found out that she was pregnant. Even though Joseph was offended, he put his emotion under check. He did not abuse and rain courses on her. You are shameless. I did not know you are so cheap like that to go and be sleeping around even close to our wedding. You are a harlot. I know you have been doing this. You see that? If Joseph was a Nigerian, probably would have said possibly, God don't catch you. You see, the point I'm trying to make is that even though there was a mistake, the goal of the guy was not to put her into public shame. Was not to put her into public shame. Now, in marriage slash relationships, you should honor each other. Don't use words and actions to shame, to manipulate, to control, to torture, or to revenge on your spouse. Never. God has given you some important information about the person. Because by coming closer to the person, you know certain things that nobody knows. It's a trust. It's a trust. Don't use, even if tomorrow you are not in good time, don't use such against the person. It's evil. It's evil. And that's why it's important. I learned about this one too. I was told that some people even record conversations. You understand? He said, I'm doing this because of tomorrow. These people are not fit to be married. They cannot be trusted. They are monitoring spirits. Certainly, they must have some demons actually walking and manipulating them. Because you cannot, you are not, a, you are not a, a, an FBI. You are there for serious things. And so the Bible says that Joseph moved the child and his mother during the night and left to Egypt. Without anyone knowing. Because the angel told him, this is what I want you to move. I want you to imagine this. If Joseph posted, maybe <laughs> in the attack, say, will do a selfie. <laughs> Egypt, here we come. <laughs> or oh, in Alexander. Glory to God, we are chilling here. I tell you, Herod would have followed him. And begin to plan extradition. Now you see, some of, some of the things many people, including us, we are the one that gave weapons to the enemy to follow us. And we say the enemy is following you. No, no enemy is following you. You are the one that gave you the relocation. So, what I'm trying to say is that when you come to marriage, there are certain things you don't mention. Lack of discretion has dragged many marriages into unnecessary problems. You just know what is happening. In the homes of so many people as they post on social media. When you just see them, men are terrible. And they will just keep quiet. After a while they will come up again. This wall, you don't know the men's heart. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, wife of nowadays. You know, you know there's some statement they will just mention. <laughs> they will just they will just then they will go back. You already know something is happening. That's lack of discretion. Something is happening, you keep making it public. You are not serious. You are not ready for marriage. Some people will report to their parents. Immediately something happened. Mommy, mommy, do you hear what he just did? You are a child. You are a child. You are a child. Everything some will report to their parents. Everything. You have not left yet. So shall a man leave his father and mother. Leave. Leave. Tell your neighbor, Lieve. leave. Exactly. You will be unfortunate if you marry a fool. That is one without discretion. Don't marry those who have a basket mouth. Don't marry them. I'm telling you. And you can know them now. Even in this church. Tr- that's why this is a practical ground. You know those people are doing chicho chu ch here. You understand? Immediately you say something. You have already heard it. Who said it? How? You know. So some people have said things and even forgot. Yes, I have met those signs of people. They have even said things to many people and they forgot. When you are even telling them, you told me, say, hey, me? When did I tell you? Who? How? Ah. Uh. And the other person will say, you even me, you told me, say, you again? Ah. Uh. If your life is always online, you are not ready for marriage. Please write this one. If your life is always online, you are not ready for marriage. I'm concluding. If your life is not, is online, you are not ready for marriage. Marriage is not a theater. It is not an affair for public consumption. Marriage is not a theater. It is not an affair for public consumption. In the sun. All this nonsense we see every day that people—they are in labor, they are showing it, they are in this, they we are traveling, in that, in. we are the children, in that, in. every bit of their life—that's nonsense. That's not what marriage is. Not for public consumption. Please read me this scripture. That's the last slide.
1: Proverbs 24.
0: Yes, Proverbs 24.
1: verse 3 to 4. By wisdom, a house is built. Yes. And through understanding, it is established. Mm -hmm. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures.
0: You see that? Did you hear that? By wisdom. Discretion. Discretion. Don't use your mouth. Don't use your action. Don't use your hand to destroy your relationship. Don't, Don't destroy your marriage. Living in marriage involves emotion, but don't be emotional in making decisions. Don't. Don't be married because of just romantic feeling. Don't be married because of pity. Don't be married because of desperation. Don't be married because you want to revenge. There are some of us, some people have offended us, men and women. But you said, I will, I will show these men. I am I'm coming to catch one man. Don't do that. Don't marry to show. We're not getting married to make a point. We're not making we are not getting to marry to compete. Never. It's not also to rebound. You know that some people will do, they say, Gida Buma ganin gobara. What they say that you'll be in different places in case there's a fire outbreak in one house. You have multiple houses. So that if there's a fire outbreak here already, <laughs> you have another house. Please don't walk with doctrines of demons. Tell your neighbour, don't walk with doctrines of demons. Don't
1: work with doctrines of demons.
0: You will have problem. I have seen many people who have this problem. They will be doing yanga for another brother, yanga, 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 because they are thinking that this one will marry them. But they, they, will not say no. They will not say they are just in the middle doing one yanga, 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 because they are keeping her as the fallback. back. you understand? Immediately, this one do one thing. And the man ran away. Then they will just jump. They will get married. They will have trouble. You certainly have trouble. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Just pray. Father, thank you for this time. Help me to have discretion. Help me to have discretion. Help me to be wise. Help me to have discretion. Help me to be wise. Help me to have a heart like Jesus. To come humbly and with the heart of a servant.